Good morning, Beaches Chapel. We have some announcements to get to before we get to the word this morning. Uh, really what we want to do is direct you to our church website, beacheschapel.com, because we have some forms on there that we would like to let you know about. The first one is a prayer request form. It's right on the front page of our website. If you scroll down just a little bit, if you have a specific prayer request, remember, we want to be praying for you throughout this week. So let us know, fill out that form and it'll alert all of our pastoral staff and our elders. And we will be praying for you throughout the week. Also, if you are in need of anything, there is a needs slash provisions uh, form on the website as well on the front page. Again, if you just scroll down a little bit, if you have a need, whether it's financial, you need groceries or even an appliance like a washer or dryer, we want you to fill that out and we will start asking around our church family to see if anyone can provide those things. And on, along that line, if you are in a position where you can provide and give financially, uh, there is a form as well where you can fill that out. And we've, we, we're gonna put that money into a benevolence fund and the, the church staff will distribute that um, as needed. And we've already had some people reach out to us and say, hey, how can I help? Um, we, we wanna help and that's, man, that's just awesome. We, we love hearing that, that our church family wants to help our church family. Uh, the, the way to get that started is by going and filling out that form and donating to our Benevolence Fund. You can do that right on our front page of our website. The other thing that you can do on the front page of our website is to give, is to give your tithes. We have a link right there on the, on the front page and you can do that both through the app, through the website, through BC Link. And if you would rather give you know, a check or cash, you can do that as well. You need to drive up to the church and there is a locked mailbox right outside our church office door. You can, you can just drop your check or your cash giving in that mailbox and from Monday to Thursday from nine to two, the business office will, will collect those every day. So they're not gonna stay in the box overnight and we will receive them then as well. Remember, look, we're all, we're all going through all sorts of things financially right now, but this is a time to tithe just maybe even more so than any other. Um, so in, in that vein, why don't, we, why don't we just stop right now and just pray for our tithes and our offerings for this week. Father, we love you and we thank you, Jesus, that you are our provider. God, that you meet every need according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And Father, I thank you, Jesus, right now that as we give, Lord, and it might be a place that it's hard to give right now, Lord, but God, as we do, we are going to see you come through in awesome, new, radical ways for us, both financially, emotionally, spiritually, and all those things, God. So Father, we, we just bless our, our tithes for this week, Father. We pray that you would multiply them, Jesus. God, multiply these givings, Lord, both for the church and for those that are giving, God. Thank you, Jesus, that when this is all said and done, one of the greatest testimonies that we are all going to have is my God met our needs and then some. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We love you. And again, we just pray your blessing over these tithes. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Lastly, I wanna also remind everyone to check out all of our social media that's going on. We have our Beaches Chapel Church uh, Instagram page, our Facebook page. We have our school. You can check out on both of those as well. We also have a youth ministry, Beaches Chapel Youth. Uh, Jason Trent, our youth ministry director, is doing awesome things, doing, doing Wednesday night Bible studies through that. Um, our Kids Fun Zone is on Instagram. Rachel Brum's doing awesome things for kids, for challenging them to memorize scriptures and they get rewarded and all this stuff. It's awesome. Along with a brand new worship team, Beaches Chapel Worship is on Instagram and Facebook. Look, we're out there and we want y'all to connect with us because we're, we're putting out content that we believe is gonna encourage you, bring you hope and, uh, and just get us all through this time. So make sure you're following all of those things, whether you have uh, 
a child in our, in our children's ministry or not. It's, it's awesome to see what's going on. And if you look closely, you might even see Pastor Howard dancing on some of those uh, social media pages. It's pretty awesome. So again, redirect yourself to those things. That's where our daily devotionals are coming through as well. Um, so look, we're, we're doing as much as we can to engage throughout the week. Uh, so, but it takes y'all following those things as well and sharing them, share them. Let other people that don't go to Beaches Chapel know what we're up to. It's gonna encourage them as well. Amen. Let's, let's get right into it this morning. Um, you know, here we are, week two of online service and week 8,037 of the coronavirus, it feels like. Um, this is, this is a crazy time in the history of the world, really. And we are living history. I believe that the next generation that's come, the, these, these little kids and babies that are being born now and from, from here on out are gonna be studying in history books this time that we are in. And it is something very incredible that's going on right now. And I believe that in Christian schools, both elementary, high school, and colleges, what is gonna be studied after this is all said and done is how the church responded and then also what God did after this time is over. And I would be lying to you if I said that I felt any other way except for the fact that God is preparing us now for what is to come. There is a hope in me, as hard as it is right now, there is a hope in my heart that God is doing something very radical in our church right now for what is to come. He is preparing us and how he's doing that is using this virus, using this time to strip away all of the distractions, all of our modern conveniences, all the things that we maybe took for granted, whether it's sports, going to the movies, going to restaurants and all those things. He's stripping those things away. And what he's done, I believe, what I see so far, and look, what I'm seeing is just, I mean, a minute, it's a fraction of a fraction of what God's doing. But what I'm seeing is that he's stripping us down to the, to the bare bones, which is trusting in him, loving him and loving other people. I said last week how ironic it is that with all the social distancing that's going on right now, I believe now more than ever, we're actually reaching out to those around us, checking in on them more, sending texts, saying, how can we pray for you? What can I do for you? What do you need? More than we ever did before when we could have easily just knocked on their door, gone into their house and had those conversations. Well, we can't do that now. But what are we seeing? We're seeing that extension saying, hey, how can I help you because of the social distancing? So already what the enemy's trying to use for evil, God's using for good. And I don't believe this is just for nothing. And so as we're being stripped from our conveniences, I think what we need to do is turn to scripture and look at, at the model that, that the Bible screams to us throughout scripture of what we should be doing. And what we should be doing more than anything else is pray. We need to be praying. Beaches Chapel is a praying church. And what that looks like now is not just Sunday mornings, but in your home. Your home is now your sanctuary. And as a family, as a body, though we are separated physically, we are not separated spiritually. We are connected now more than ever and we need to be praying every single day throughout the day to our God during this time. And I don't have to tell you, there's all sorts of things that we can be praying for right now, whether it's financial, whether it's over fear and being scared. Listen, I've talked to a lot of people this week and, and there's almost this hesitation to admit that we're scared. 
And, you know, I think it would be irresponsible of us to say that, you know, it's something that doesn't cause a little bit of fear. But what we need to do is match that by going to the Lord. Like we talked about last week, God, I believe, help my unbelief. Well, how do we do that? We go to the Lord and I believe that we go to the Lord in prayer. And here's, here's something that's awesome about prayer. And I believe both of these things are true with what we're going through right now. One, every great move of God, every single great move of God was birthed with prayer. It all began with prayer. And the other thing is that every hardship that we have ever endured, we endure through prayer. So in tragedy and in triumph, the epicenter of both of those things is prayer. And so again, we need to return to that. And what I wanna do today is I wanna examine, I wanna examine the Lord's prayer because I wanna make sure that we are praying in, with the right attitude, with the right way, with the right heart. And so, you know, a few weeks ago, it was actually the first Sunday in March, it feels like three years ago, we began a study of the Beatitudes. We looked at the Sermon on the Mount. We're gonna return to that today. We're not gonna look at the Beatitudes, but we're gonna look at the Sermon on the Mount. And we're gonna look at Jesus and how he instructs us to pray through the Lord's Prayer. But what I wanna do first is look at the verse before that, before the Lord's Prayer, and Jesus even gives us instructions then on how to pray. And I wanna address that first. And then we're actually just gonna look at the first couple verses of the Lord. We're not even gonna get through the whole thing. We're just gonna dissect the first half of the Lord's Prayer, and then we'll look at the second half next week. But what we're gonna find out is the magnitude of the Lord's prayer and just how powerful it really is. But before we get there, let's look at Matthew chapter six, starting in verse seven. Jesus is talking and he says, when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him. And so, before we go any further, I wanna address what Jesus is saying right here. And it's something that I think we can all relate to. When you, when you accept Jesus as your savior, you're new to your faith, prayer can be insanely intimidating. You go to church and you hear the pastor or the worship leader or whomever it might be, you hear them pray and wow, man, they're really good at prayer. They use the right words. It all sounds very eloquent and it just flows and it's powerful. And you can think to yourself, I can't pray like that. And you get intimidated by your so-called inability to pray that it leads you to not pray, which is a huge success for the enemy when he can convince us that we don't know how to pray. It's ridiculous. It's, it's really, really silly to feel like that. And I, I'm, I'm not trying to poke fun at anybody that hasn't, because I think we really, if we're being honest, all of us have felt that way. What I'm saying is that's so not what Jesus believes. It's so not at all how he feels about prayer. God is not looking for a dissertation of prayer, okay? He's not, looking us, he's not looking for us to meet a certain criteria and use the right verbiage and all these things. I'll give you an example. Right now I'm in grad school and every so often I have to write a research paper and I hate research papers. I loathe them. I have the worst attitude about them because I just don't think you need 20 pages to get your point across. I think you just need a couple pages. 
But the thing about research papers is you have to have the certain number of sources to cite. You have to have the right footnotes in place. You have to have the right bibliography. You have to have journal articles and books and all these things that back up the point that you're trying to make. And a lot of times, believe it or not, we actually can treat prayer like that where we think, well, God, I don't know the right words. I, don't, I, can't, I can't speak long enough. I can't meet the required length of a prayer to say it. So instead, I'm just not going to do it. Which again, is just a false narrative that we need to dismiss altogether. I'll put it like this as well. When my daughters come to me and they need something, they ask, daddy, can I have a snack? And when they ask that, I say, sure, as long as they're using their manners and they're, they're being respectful. Daddy, can I please have a snack? Sure, you can have a snack. And you know what's funny is normally I know what they're gonna ask before they do because it happens the same around 11 o'clock in the morning and three or four o'clock in the afternoon. They're gonna come to me and ask for a snack. What I don't say is, all right, listen, that was a good request, but I'm gonna need you to use better vocabulary. I'm gonna need you to ask that in a more sophisticated way. And I'm gonna need you to cite some sources. Why don't you sprinkle in some scriptures there when you ask me for my snack and then come back to me and, and I'll consider giving you a snack. And again, that's what, that's what we treat prayer like sometimes. Well, I just don't know enough. I just can't say it well enough. So I just won't say it at all. Please listen. Prayer is not about telling God what we need first. Prayer is about building a relationship with God. It's about speaking to him. It's about telling him how we feel. And yes, we need to ask him the things that we need. But as we read here in verse eight of Matthew chapter six, he already knows. He already knows what we need. So if he already knows, then the point really isn't about us asking. And it certainly isn't about us asking it in the right way. It's about coming to him and saying, God, I feel this way. For us this week, God, I'm feeling a little scared. I'm not sure how I'm gonna be able to pay the bills. God, I'm a little scared about where our world is heading. I'm a little scared because it doesn't look like there's end in sight. God, this is how I'm feeling. And God, this is what I need. And in that, the relationship builds and we grow closer to the Lord. And that's what it's all about. It's about our relationship with him first. It's not, it is not about trying to sound eloquent and, and full of all of this verbiage that we can then prove our worth to God and how we pray, please. It's not about that at all. So let's just go ahead and throw that out the window. If you've ever felt like that, or maybe if you're feeling that now, like you, you just are walking through every day and you're like, I don't even know what to say. I don't know how to express it. That's okay. That's, that's the best thing you can tell them, but don't let it stop you because you don't think you have the right words to say. Jesus debunks that right off the bat before he even gets to the Lord's prayer. So let's do that as well. Let's, let's just throw that right out the window. Amen. Charles Spurgeon wrote, Christians prayers are measured by weight and not by length. Many of the most prevailing prayers have been as short as they were strong. Okay, so again, it's not about our dissertation. It's not about meeting a certain requirement in length. It's a heart issue and pouring our heart out to God. And that looks differently for every single person. Don't feel like you have to pray like the person next to you. That's not what God wants. He wants your prayer. He wants your heart. So as we continue, 
the Lord's Prayer, picking it up in verse nine of Matthew chapter six. Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. Remember, this is a model that, we're giving, that Jesus is giving here. It's not a, this is how you need, what you need to recite every day, blanket statement where you're not even thinking about it. This is a model that he's, he's giving us. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's as far as we're gonna get today. We're not gonna go any further with the Lord's Prayer this morning. We're gonna stop right there and we're gonna pick this apart in four different ways. The first point I wanna make is the first two words of the prayer. Our Father. It's powerful right off the bat. This is a powerful, powerful statement that Jesus is making on behalf of us. As we pray to God, we are praying to our Father. And what we need to understand here is, look, all of us have had different experiences with our earthly fathers. Some of us have been blessed with amazing dads who are loving, who are kind, who nurture, who provide, who encourage, who tell us that they love us. And that's, it's awesome, right? Some of us have had dads that love us, maybe don't know how to express it. Maybe they're gone a lot because they're working so hard to provide for the family that they're not around all the time. Some of us have had dads that are around but don't love us so much. Instead, they're abusive, physically, verbally, whatever it is, and to the point where we're almost a little scared of our dads. Others of us never even had a dad, completely absent from the word go, or left us at an early age, and that relationship, that word father is almost a bad word in our mind. It, it, in our hearts, it creates anger and bitterness and hurt. And so there's this whole spectrum of circumstances and experiences that all of us have with this word father. But what we need to understand here is when Jesus is saying, you're gonna pray our father, capital F, it's nothing from the, from the best experiences that we can have or the worst, none of it, none of it matches up to God, our father. None of it measures up. And here's what, what, what the Bible says about God, our father. We're gonna read out of Psalms 103, starting in verse eight. It says, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. Skip to verse 11. It says, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the father has compassion on those who fear him. This is our father, our God, our father who abounds in love for us, meaning there is no end. It is, it is a love that continues to pour and, and pour and pour and pour. And it's spilling out of the cup, onto the floor, out the door, all the time. This is our father. He loves us. He is slow to anger. He, he removes our transgressions, our sins, those things that we feel shame about, those things that we feel guilty about. It actually says that they are removed as far as the east is from the west. And here's, this is pretty cool. I heard this once that we think about the east is from the west as we, if we unrolled a map of, of our world, of the earth, and we pick the furthest western point from the furthest eastern point, said that's how far our sins are removed from us and from God, right? But what, what God is saying here is, no, 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 you're, you're, you're shooting way low when you think like that. When I say that I've removed your, your, your transgressions as far as the east is from the west, I'm talking about my creation, 
which is infinite. So I've removed your transgressions as far as the furthest reaches of, of the universe is to the other end, which is an infinite space. And so don't for a second feel like when we approach God that we have to go with our head hung low, feeling like complete failures, like he's about to punish us. And we have to be fearful of him, like he's going to physically or verbally abuse us. He is not, he abounds in love. And when we ask God to forgive us, he, not only does he forgive us, but he removes those things as far as the East is from the West. And then one of the most awesome things that we read in verse 13 is he has compassion on his children and he has compassion on us. And I wanna say this to all of us right now, whatever you're walking through today in the world that we're living in right now with everything that's going on with this virus, God is a compassionate God towards us right now. He has compassion for what we are going through. Why? Because he is our father and he is a good, good, good father. He blows away the best dads here on earth by far. And so he can't be a good, good father without then also having compassion for what we are going through. So do not feel like you are on an island of yourself right now. Instead, look to God knowing that he is abounding in love and that he has compassion for what we are walking through right now. Second part, our father in heaven. Again, very powerful. This, this prayer, it's, it's, it's so simplistic, yet it is so deep. We already see that in the first four words of this prayer, our father in heaven. This phrase right here should really do two things for us. It should fill us with awe, right? Because as we consider God, our father, our father is not here on earth. He's in heaven, which means he is not subject to the things that we are subject to. He's not subject to sin. He's not subject to imperfection. He is a perfect God. He's not subject to time. He is certainly not subject to money or sickness or anything like that. So as we approach him in our prayer time, we need to have a sense of awe of who we are approaching because he is a God and he is our father who is in heaven. So along with a sense of awe, we also need to have this. We need to have a sense of confidence. We need to have a sense of confidence when we approach God. And I'll, I'll be the first to admit, there are times when there's things that I wanna pray that I'm almost hesitant to pray for because it feels like it's just too big. Like, I don't know if I should ask this God because this is like a, a miracle, miracle. And then it's, I just have to, have to repent right then and there during my prayer because I'm not going to God as my father in heaven. I'm kind of more approaching him as God, my father here on earth. But we need to be, we need to be confident because he is God in heaven. He is our father in heaven. And so let's go back to Psalms 103. This time let's go to verse 19. And this is what it says. It says, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. God's kingdom rules over all. And let's expound on this by looking in Isaiah 66, starting in verse one. It says, this is what the Lord says. Okay, this is what God is saying about himself. He says, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Could you build me a temple as good as that? Could you build me such a resting place? My hands have made both heaven and earth. They and everything in them are mine. This is my favorite part. I, the Lord, 
have spoken. We see here the Mandalorian ripped off Isaiah 66. God has spoken. I have spoken. That's it. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. God has spoken. And he says that heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. So God rests his feet on earth. I mean, if that's not a great picture of God's authority on earth, I don't know what is. And so when we pray, we should pray with a confidence of that, that God's throne is heaven and the earth is his footstool. Not the other way around, okay? He is authority over all things. And I wanna read uh, verse two again. He says, my hands have made both heaven and earth. They and everything in them are mine. So everything in earth are subject to God, including the coronavirus, including your finances, including your health and your family and your welfare and all those things. All of it are under the authority of God. But guess what is so awesome about that? He's our father. So the things that are under his authority just so happen to be, that, that's our God we're talking about. That's our father. So yes, we need to be in awe of him and we need to be extremely confident because as our father again, he is compassionate and abounding in love for us. Praise God that the earth is his footstool and we can trust in that. Listen, everybody right now, hear me on that. Trust in him. Trust in him that the earth is his footstool. Be confident in that. Please be confident in that. All right, third point. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed means greatly honored or revered. And what we need to understand about that part of this prayer is his name is just not hallowed and revered and honored by us that are praying to him, but by everything in all of creation. All things in creation revere God's name, all, all things, all things. And this is what it says in Philippians 2, starting in verse nine, it says, therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, listen to this, to the glory of God, the Father. Okay, so here we see, it's not just about the things on earth that revere God's name, that bow to the name of Jesus. It's the things in heaven. So the angels, the saints in heaven, all bow to Jesus's name. All things on earth bow to Jesus's name. And get this, what else does it say? All things under the earth, meaning every demon, Satan himself, every demonic attack, Everything bows to the name of Jesus. Hallowed be thy name. So when we're praying to God, we need to again understand the magnitude of his authority. It's not just us when we pray to God that we say, hallowed be your name. It's all creation in heaven and earth and under the earth. That is true authority. And he's our father who is compassionate and abounding in love for us. Are you get what this prayer is saying? This is the last part. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I think of Jesus, I think Jesus specifically put this part of the prayer here. 
If he had put your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven at the very beginning, it, it might not work, if I'm being honest with you, at least not in our hearts. But what he does is here, he sets up who God is first. Our father who is in heaven, whose name is revered, whose, whose name is hallowed and honored. So when we understand that, when we come to that realization that God is our father and he is a great and perfect and good father and his throne is heaven and his name is revered in all of creation, then we can easily say with full confidence, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because what we're doing is we're saying, look, God, you're, you've got it all. And so what I'm gonna do now is I'm gonna lay my own will aside. I'm gonna lay what I think should happen aside and I'm going to bow to you. I'm gonna submit to your plans because you are my father in heaven whose name is revered in all creation. So because I know those things, I can now say with complete peace and with complete confidence, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This week I was... Uh, spending some time with the Lord in the morning. And it was one of those days where I looked back after kind of halfway through the day and realized what God was doing in that time. Um, and it was, it, was a, it was a hard day. You know, I think we're all having hard days. And that morning he pointed me to John chapter one, which I'm, you know, pretty familiar with the beginning of John chapter one and what it says. And it's like, you know, go read John chapter one. And so I did. And, and I want to read that for you all this morning. Uh, John chapter one, starting in verse one. And let's just think about this in terms of the Lord's prayer and everything that's going on in the world right now. It says, in the beginning, the word already existed. Already existed in the beginning. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Listen, God's seen it all. He's been there from the beginning. Every plague, every disease, every war, everything from the beginning of time, God was there before it and he was there after it. And what I love about the opening of the gospel of John is that last part and the darkness can never extinguish it. That's kind of what God showed me the other morning when I was reading this. Darkness, as dark as you might think it's going to get, will never be able to extinguish the name of God. Will never be able to extinguish Jesus. Never, never. Because God has seen it all. He's been there from the beginning and he will be there at the end. He's never been out of control. Nothing has ever caught him off guard. Nothing has ever come up and surprised him. He's seen it all and he will be standing after this. That is our father who we pray to. That is our God who is in heaven where the earth is his footstool, where everything in heaven on earth and under earth bow to his name, every sickness, disease, every demonic assignment, Everything bows to him. And so as we go through this week, church, we need to approach God as we pray to him with this understanding that he is our father. 
who has compassion for us and who abounds in love. And as his throne is in heaven, we need to be inspired by that and have that sense of awe and also a confidence to pray for the big things and to understand that his name is revered in all creation and that everything bows to him. And I believe, I believe with all my heart as we have been stripped away of our modern conveniences and we are now linking arms together as a church body, not just within Beaches Chapel, but outside of Beaches Chapel's family with all the other churches in our community and globally, as we pray with one another, God is going to build us up and prepare for us what is to come. Every great move of God was birthed in prayer and every hardship was endured through prayer. And I believe both of those things are happening right now. How long will it last? I don't know. I think it's gonna, it's gonna last as long as it takes. But I believe that in this time that he is preparing us, he's stripping everything away and he's saying, it's about the greatest commandment, love me and love your neighbors. And as we do that, he's gonna move in a radical, radical way. So let's be a praying church, not just once a day, throughout the day, when you have those feelings of anxiety and fear, pray. When someone is put on your heart, pray for them and then call them or text them and pray for them then. Let's be a praying church. Let's be a praying family. I wanna to close today with all of us praying the Lord's Prayer together. Wherever you're at this morning in your living room, you're watching on your phone somewhere, let's pray this together out loud and believe it. And as we do this, let's do it with a sense of awe and with a sense of confidence that we are praying to our good, good Father. Let's bow our heads and let's pray this together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Church, let's pray. I want to remind you uh, to go to our church website, fill out a prayer request form if you have a specific need that we can be praying for you about. If you have a need or you can provide, fill that form out as well. Let's be a church body. Let's continue over and over and over again to pray. And uh, let's, you know, look, when you, if you're on the prayer text chain, and you get a prayer text alert, stop what you're doing and pray for that person in that moment. And we're gonna be, we're gonna be having a 24 hour, seven day a week prayer chain where we are gonna be praying throughout the day, every day. And, and if you can sign up for that and commit to being a part of that, I encourage you to do that as well. And we're gonna come back next week and we're gonna be continuing this discussion on the Lord's Prayer. Until then, y'all be blessed. Look for our daily devotions that are gonna be starting up again tomorrow. They go Monday through Friday. Be praying this week, church. We'll be praying with you. We love you. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks.